Hey everyone, welcome to Entrepreneurship by Design with Dr. C. I'm your host, Dr. Caroline, and thank you so much for joining us today. Entrepreneurship looks different for everyone. How and why we start our business, challenges that occur, pivots we have to make, success we achieve, all while life is happening. That's why I love sharing these inspiring entrepreneurs with you and shed light that there is enough room for everyone to succeed and thrive, even if you're in the same industry. I'm so excited and honored today because I have the fabulous Marina with me. She is a stress buster, joy finder, and a holistic wellness coach focusing on stress and burnout prevention in high achievers and entrepreneurs. Her passion is helping people affected by chronic stress feel calm, confident, and resilient. Ooh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> um, she left a successful career in HR technology to pursue her passion of helping people feel happier and healthier through realistic and sustainable health habits. She now coaches individuals and works with companies all over the world while traveling full-time. She's a certified integrative nutrition coach, 200 hours as a registered yoga teacher, meditation teacher, breathwork facilitator, personal trainer, and corporate wellness business owner. She is amazing. Uh, Marina, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. So excited to be here. Yes, we're excited to have you. You are such a wealth of knowledge. You have experienced so many different things in so many capacities, but I would love for you to tell a little bit more about your journey going from HR technology to where you are today. Yeah, that's definitely where my focus on stress and burnout uh, started. Um, I mean, it wasn't always the focus. I think it shifted to that mostly as a result of the pandemic, but very much a part of my own journey um, with stress and burnout while I was in corporate. So first I was a consultant, so I was traveling often. I was um, first living in Chicago and then New York. Um, and then when I transitioned to New York, I um, became a project and then a program manager. So just a lot of demands, um, very typical to be working, you know, 10 hour days. Um, and in New York, just also being <laughs> social, um, really just kind of around the clock, um, weekends, weeknights um, were really packed um, for years. And um, kind of looking back, I mean, as you mentioned in my bio, my life looks a lot different than what it used to. I can't imagine, you know, what I was asking my body to do at the time. Um, just again, constantly being on the go. And then at the same time, I was building my wellness business, getting all my certifications that you mentioned. And yeah, it was a lot. Um, I would say the peak of my personal stress is definitely not uncommon to have heart palpitations during the day, just feeling all of that chronic stress symptoms, really physically in the body, um, poor sleep, um, just a lot of, you know, toll on my relationships that I had, um, and a lot of different unhealthy ways of coping with it at the time that again, now rewinding back and looking at it all, I'm just kind of like, wow, I can't believe, um, I lived through all of that. So, um, yeah, very happy to be focusing on this area of wellness um, from all different angles, physical, mental, and emotional, um, with all the different tools that I use. So yeah, it's a little bit about how I got here. Yes, no, I love it. I think too, it's just kind of showing the journey of like where you were, the burnout, the stress, everything that had happened to you 
on every level, like relationships, physically, mentally, emotionally, what, what was that final or even like a couple moments where you're just like, I can't keep doing this? Yeah. Yeah. I had one particular work trip where um, it was just me with my clients at the time. And it was all um, executives of this company in Minneapolis. Um, and the entire week, I just had the most visceral anxiety. Um, I think at the peak of the workday, I was seeing stars getting up from the desk and knowing that I just needed to go get lunch to come back to do more presentations. And again, just asking so much of myself. So um, pushing through the stress, I think, is really you know what gets us in trouble. Um, and at the time, I didn't even really have many tools. This was actually back in 2015. Um, which is what started me on the journey of getting the certifications and going on my own wellness journey. Um, but yeah, I just remember that really viscerally, like feeling all of those sensations, um, not really knowing who to talk to at the time as well, because um, for me, I guess therapy seemed like not really the right fit. It wasn't really what you know I was dealing with, um, anything like past-based, but um, really thinking about, okay, what can I do to support myself during this time? And getting back from that trip is really what started. Um, you know, I think I took my first yoga class after that. That obviously started me down the whole path that took me all the way to getting um, my certification and becoming a yoga teacher. Um, started to incorporate more mindfulness, healthy eating, um, exercise. I started to juice coming out of that trip. So yeah, at that time, I really knew something had to change um, getting back from that. And I wish it wasn't so, like, I wish it wasn't, you know, a really um, impactful experience like that. I wish that we all came to the conclusion to take better care of ourselves just when we're already doing pretty well, just making that a really big priority. But I find that for myself and for a lot of my clients, it really comes from that point of running out of really feeling that anxiety, whatever it might be for an individual. So yeah, that's how it started. And, you know, I think too, when you're talking about this, it's like your back needs to be against the wall for you to really see, like, I can't do this anymore. But what are maybe some subtle signs that maybe you see in some of your clients that before it's hit that burnout point? Yeah, I mean, I think a couple big ones to spot um, that could be signs that something, you know, might be coming very soon down the road from the stress that's starting to pile up in the body is um, the effects on sleep. So um, we all have the capacity for a quality night of sleep. Um, you know, we should all be able to wind down at a reasonable hour, right? 10, 11 p.m., get a quality night of sleep and wake up energized in the morning. And so if that isn't happening, um, of course, there's a number of contributing factors that could play a role in that. But I find that, especially for busy professionals or entrepreneurs, a lot of times it's the stress that's leading to still feeling anxious at night, taking that into the morning, feeling anxious first thing upon waking up, um, not being able to stay asleep. So waking up throughout the night, um, really feeling like that pressure on your chest, whatever might be that physical symptom for you um, when you know that stress is very present. Um, so the effect on sleep, and I think we discount this often because so many of us, whether it's in the nine to five or in the entrepreneurial world, we kind of wear it as a badge of honor that we're sleeping so little and that means that we're being so productive. It was definitely normalized 
in my experience when I was in New York, because everyone is so competitive. And so, you know, we think of it as there's only so many hours in the day. So if we just cut our sleep short, that means we're getting more done. And it's actually the complete opposite because it's the quality of those waking hours that really matters. Um, so I think sleep can't be, you know, stressed enough. I think it's still not really talked about enough, um, based on, you know, fitness coaches, health coaches. I think it's finally starting to become as prominent as it needs to be for our physical and mental health goals. But that's one big one. And then um, one other effect that I find is pretty um, quick is just noticing um, your hunger. So hunger fluctuations are pretty common. Um, and some people overeat, some people undereat. And for me, you know, knowing everything that I know now, when I look back at the symptoms that I was having, I'm definitely the undereater. And what that presented like for me was knowing that I'm hungry, like I've, you know, haven't eaten anything since the morning. It's definitely lunchtime, but then taking a couple bites of food and feeling like I can't eat anymore. So feeling that kind of rush of, again, stress and anxiety that's kind of preventing us from really being still and present and fully, you know, eating, absorbing, digesting fully uh, our meals. Um, and so that could lead to, you know, either chronic weight gain and really feeling like if we're in the overeating category, we're really coping with stress through snacking, through um, just really turning to food for comfort, or on the undereating side, starting to feel chronic fatigue because we're undernourishing ourselves. So that's another area that I would definitely pay attention to, especially lunchtime is a big one, right? Because we're usually in the middle of the workday. So noticing how you feel about the meal approaching, if you're able to just be present with the meal, put away electronics, really just be in that space of giving yourself 30 minutes to fully digest it, fully chew the food, um, and then noticing how you feel after the meals too. You know, is it something that um, felt nourishing to you? Um, do you feel chronically hungry? Do you feel like you're maybe not um, eating enough? Um, again, something to notice because I find that stress um, by way of cortisol and the one of the stress hormones that's responsible for how hungry or how full we feel, um, it's a big one to notice. Um, yeah, you know, I think those are the two like most important things, especially sleep is definitely not talked about enough. I can totally relate because there's a hustle culture of whether you're in a nine to five or entrepreneurship, but the fact is it's okay, well, I'll just get a couple hours of sleep. And then you think like, okay, no big deal. Like I'll be fine or I'll drink a lot of caffeine. And then it starts to impact you because even if you're drinking so much caffeine, that can impact your, um, your hunger as well because it could suppress it. In addition to that, but I mean, I was relating to so much of what you're saying, and I'm sure everyone listening too, because I know I used to wear it as a badge of honor, like, oh, I got three hours of sleep, or oh, I'm just pushing through it, no big deal. But then I wouldn't eat all day because I had like clients back to back or whatever it was. It wasn't made a priority because I was like, well, I'm not hungry. I wasn't getting activated of those um, signals, those hunger signals. And that's why like mindful eating is so important too, of just mm -hmm. like what you're saying, giving yourself that 30 minutes, I think is so important of just like chewing your food, like actually enjoying your food versus like scarfing it down, running to the next client or a call or whatever you have going on. But 
Those are so massive. And the sleep, though, that's the number one health thing. And a lot more people are starting to talk about it, but it's still kind of under the radar. So I'm glad we're talking about it. And you brought that up as as one of the most important things, because it really is. Our brains need that to really help us through the day and work things out, too, and just being able to have the energy to go through the day. And I'm curious, would would you say, like, some people maybe need, like, I mean, I know we're not medical doctors, but like some people need maybe like six to seven hours versus some people need eight to nine. Would you see like with your clients and your experience, do you see that as a thing as well? Something that I go through with every one of my one-on-one clients is we find out what their chronotype is. Now, this isn't an exact science. I wish we could do some sort of like a blood test for this. I mean, outside of doing a formal sleep study, which if someone is really having chronic, prolonged, you know, sleep issues, sleep apnea, insomnia, anything like that, doing a formal sleep study is probably the best thing that you can do for all areas of your health. But for a majority of us who don't have that level of issues, who just have that, again, anxiety, maybe, you know, not being able to stay asleep through the full night, um, things like that. So more mild um, manifestations of poor quality sleep that could be a result of stress. Um, Your chronotype is something that you can find out online. So this is the work of Dr. Michael Bruce. He's a sleep doctor. So he studies sleep patterns in a clinical setting. He has a book, it's called The Power of When, and he also has a website. So thepowerofwhen.com is where you can take this really simple quiz. I always recommend taking it a couple times just because it is, you know, just a quiz that you take based on your own answers. So maybe taking it a couple times, um, but I found it to be pretty accurate for then what my clients tell me about their lifestyle and even just, you know, when do you typically start to feel sleepy? When do you have the most energy? Um, it's amazing because there's actually four different chronotypes, again, based on the work of Dr. Bruce. So there's bears who are, you know, your typical sleep-wake cycle is what we would normally think of, you know, sometime around 7 a.m. waking up, having energy and falling asleep right around 10 p.m. That's about half of all people. Um, However, we try and fit everyone into this type of lifestyle, right? So the nine to five work schedule is built around the bear chronotype, but there's three others. So it's so important for you to know which one you are, just so as much as you can, you can make those adjustments to your lifestyle. I know it's, again, not always possible, but being as much as possible conscious of that. So there's also your early birds, there's your night owls, and then there's dolphins, which is more disturbed sleepers. So that's only about 10% of the population, Um, again, across all the data that he's collected. But um, there are differences in our sleep-wake cycle. So the optimal time we should be waking up and going to sleep and how much sleep we need in a night. So that's just like a really low hanging fruit as far as finding out more about your personal health data, um, really easy place to start. And the book is really thorough. So for someone who really wants to go down the rabbit hole, um, he breaks it down. So once you know your chronotype, he goes into when you should be eating, when you should be having your coffee, when you should be exercising. For those of us who are really career focused, there's optimal times to negotiate. There's optimal times to have a sales call. Um, So again, given your natural sleep-wake rhythm and the energy that you naturally produce throughout the day. So yeah. 
Very cool. I never knew about um, the the test I, and like heard about it, but I didn't know like we could access it. So I'm excited to do that right after this interview <laughs> uh, to yeah. find out. That's uh. so fascinating. Um, but I think too, it really can give you that clear picture of just like maybe where tweaks can happen. Obviously, it's not an exact science, especially if you're giving your own answers, but you can be a little bit more mindful of what's going on too for you. So going into like the nutrition aspect, what have you found for your own like well-being? What has really shifted just your reducing stress and really being focused and mindful of your day-to-day? Yeah, I think just incorporating more mindfulness um, into the whole day. So what that looks like is often people are just looking for like an easy place to start, right? Okay, it's like, how do I start to become a little bit more mindful? What does that even mean for me? Um, I think a meditation practice is an amazing habit for a lot of people to incorporate. I don't think it's for everyone, but um, that again is something that's probably going to have an impact on your mental health as well as how you feel physically. So the physical symptoms of stress when we feel that rush of cortisol and adrenaline, When we have a meditation practice, when we spend about 20 minutes a day or so, but consistently, it really starts to turn the volume down on that stress. So that was one of the biggest shifts that I started to make. Of course, I had my physical practice as well. So I started practicing more yoga, which is mindful movement. We're typically very present and conscious of our body in space. We're typically linking breath to movement, which has a really positive effect on our nervous system as well. So um, that, you know, has its own amazing benefits. But um, without a formal meditation practice, what more mindfulness can look like is what you already mentioned. So around mealtime is an amazing place to insert a little bit of that. So mindful eating looks like as much as we can putting away electronics because when we have electronics and are multitasking throughout our meals we're less likely to digest our food really well we're more likely to eat really fast and that's going to actually hurt our absorption and then again it ends up over time looking like we're undernourishing our body when when we're under stress we actually need to be providing it even more nourishing nourishment because stress is such an energy intensive process in the body it takes a lot of energy to be stressed um and a lot of us are stressed very often even if we're just sitting at a desk the process of feeling stress and creating stress in the body takes a lot of energy so something to really be mindful of is how much you're nourishing yourself. So putting away electronics and really chewing mindfully. I love that you mentioned that. That's one of the ways to ensure good absorption because like you said, the process of absorption starts in our mouth. Again, we rarely get this. Uh, We rarely taught this, if ever, throughout our life. But um, there's already digestive enzymes in our saliva that are being mixed And then we send the food to our belly to be digested further. So we really want to start here so that we minimize things like upset stomach, heartburn. Again, a lot of things that are very common when people are under stress for a number of different reasons. But one of them is just the fact that when we're stressed, we're trying to save time. We're trying to be productive. We're trying to get back to what needs our attention. And so we compromise on how much time we're giving ourselves to chew, fully digest and absorb our food. Um, And something amazing that a good friend of mine who's also a mindfulness and health coach says is that it's not about what you eat, it's about what you absorb. And a lot of times I, you know, with um, 
really high performing individuals, people who are really conscious of exercise and nutrition who might still feel stress. They're eating really high quality foods. They're, you know, maybe getting their produce from Whole Foods or wherever. So they're really conscious of what they're eating. But if we're not eating it mindfully, it's not getting assimilated into the body. So remember that, you know, it's not just what's going in. It really is about what is being absorbed by the body at that point. So um, putting away electronics, allowing yourself to properly chew your food, tapping in with yourself, notice what your stress is before the meal and just take a couple minutes to mindfully breathe. Um, it doesn't, although I have many breathwork tools that I teach and I have a course that's coming on this, the simplest thing you can do is just start with five deep rounds of nasal breath. So noticing, have you been kind of over breathing, which tends to happen when we're under stress and coming back to deep nasal breath before you actually start the meal so that we lower our stress response. So that's what we want to do. We definitely want to lower those hormones of stress. It's going to take just a couple minutes. Breath is really fast acting as a stress intervention. So coming back to five deep mindful breaths, see if that feels good, see if it's maybe a, a really stressful day and you want to take a couple more there and then come to the table, you know, actually switching locations where you're going to eat is really, really helpful so that you can take yourself into that space of having a conscious break away from work and nourishing yourself um, and only then coming back. Yes. And while we're on the subject of mindfulness, I would love for you to talk a little bit more about the breath work because a lot of it's something that's fairly new. that's not really talked about often, but I would love for you to talk about how you got into it and a little bit about it as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think I'm just always in search of new tools that are going to add value to people who are under stress. Um, I think this is going to continue for the rest of my life and career. Um, but I started with yoga and that's a really easy place to start because it's really popular, right? It's kind of like exercise came first. We all, you know, I don't think anyone would argue at this point that exercise isn't beneficial for us, right? We know it has a multitude of benefits. Then came yoga and that became popular, you know, maybe 10, 20 years or so ago. Um, and now we know all the mind-body benefits of yoga. So not just exercise, but those um, mind-body connection building practices because we're linking with the breath. Um, there's a lot of just uh, coordination, balance, so many different things that are going into that practice. Next, I think, came meditation. So a little bit more recent, still kind of, you know, a lot of people are hesitant about this. It feels hard. We don't know what we're doing. We're thinking the whole time. Okay. A lot of those things is what I work with people on as well, because they're just misconceptions um, around meditation. We want to make it easy and accessible. It's okay. If you're thinking, especially to start, we actually want that to be happening because we want to be shedding light on what's happening internally. We rarely have that space outside of a mindfulness practice to really shine a light of what's going on inside and with our thoughts. And then breath work is like this next level, like in my opinion, the most kind of cutting edge, fast acting relief from stress that we can be getting. So breath work, again, you're going to feel relief with using the breath much quicker than meditation and much quicker than if you don't have time, you know, to go to a, a class for 30 minutes. It's available right where we are. Just a couple minutes of breathing in different ways can provide you with either relief from stress 
Or if you're maybe feeling a little tired, you didn't get enough sleep, you're feeling kind of lethargic, it could provide us with more energy. There's breath patterns that we can use for more focus. So if you're looking to have a more productive day, so it's very versatile. And I always think of it again as the easiest stress intervention that we have. So even quicker than a 10 minute meditation, we can achieve results in five minutes of mindful breathing. It just depends on how you're feeling, what the outcome you want is and choosing the right pattern for you at that point. No, I'm so glad you're talking about it too, because I know like I've taught like clients in the therapy world, like just deep breathing, but like actually doing the breath work. And like, I know there's more to it as well. It's not just breathing. There's exercises and other things that you can do. Correct me if I'm wrong, but what are some things that you do with your clients with the maybe five minutes or have them practice when they're not in session or with you? Yeah. So a focus on nasal breathing is one of the best places to start. So most of us, when we're under stress, we might not even be conscious of it. That's why we have to bring awareness to it. We start to breathe through our mouth and we start to breathe really short breaths. So that's just a function of our body mobilizing all the energy when we're under stress to deal with the stress that's in front of us. Um, something that I have in one of my slides for a breath work and mindfulness workshop that I give to clients is Tim thinks his computer is a bear. And many of us spend our whole day, right? Eight hours in that space state of nothing is wrong. You know, our life isn't threatened, but there's a small activation of stress that's happening for eight hours, which was never meant to be how we experience stress as far as, you know, evolution and our physiology goes. So it's really important to start to be mindful of that and start to return to nasal breathing as much as you can. It's very much a retraining process. It's like a muscle that you flex over and over again. Um, combining that with mindful movement breaks or again, more formal breath breaks, um, doing it, you know, if you have lunch coming up, just notice how have you been sitting, how have you been breathing, um, noticing when, you know, we all have more stressful meetings, I'm sure on our calendar that we're used to, like there's that one standing meeting that really causes us stress leading up to it, switching to nasal breath throughout it, noticing if you can just as much as you can keep coming back to deep nasal breath. Um, the summary for that that I always share is when in doubt, close your mouth, just notice, have you been mouth breathing? And just know that that's actually activating the stress response even more. So nasal breaths are a really great place to start. Um, just deep, long nasal breaths. If you want to match the inhale to the exhale, that's a great place as well, because usually we're, again, taking short breaths. So we're kind of, you know, gasping for air, even on a small level throughout the day. Um, again, something that we're not immediately like conscious of, but it's happening there in the background and the inhales activate stress while the exhales relax us. So that's a function again of the nervous system and the way the breath acts on it. So the inhales will always be more energizing. It's acting on that part of the nervous system that's mobilizing us, that's putting it into putting us into action, whereas the exhales are soothing and calming. So just knowing that when we bring them into balance, if you were to try a breath in for four, a breath out for four, making them equal, could also be a breath of three, could be a breath of five if you wanted to challenge yourself to really have a longer breath there. It's bringing both parts of the nervous system into balance. And that's what's often lacking is like we have this pendulum swing throughout the day where we go through really high activation to a really low energy slump. And 
and we might have caffeine. We send us, ourselves right back and then we crash. So it's this effect that we want to, as much as we can kind of bring to a nice, just baseline where we're focused, where we're both energized just enough, not like, you know, racing heart energized and where we're not too lethargic, too low energy. So bringing those into balance through nasal equal breathing is a really great tool to use as well. So um, first step, just simple nasal breaths, noticing when you're not breathing through the nose and coming back to it. Next level is if you wanted to take actual breaks and add breathwork component to that, you can equalize the breath. So in for three, out for three, start there, see how it feels, maybe elongate it, in for four, out for four, maybe working up to five. And the last part that's just really easy, um, low-hanging fruit, again, is starting to think about diaphragmatic breath. But I think anyone who's ever taken a yoga class, we know that diaphragmatic breath typically means the belly is coming in and out with breaths in, which is great. That's a great place to start. But something that I love that's a layer on top of that is called lateral breathing. And that's where we're really engaging our full range of our breathing muscles. So not just the diaphragm that attaches at the lower ribs, but even the muscles around the rib cage, all of these muscles are responsible for deep productive breaths. So we actually want to be moving like the torso, again, not majorly, we don't want to, we don't need to exaggerate this, but when we're breathing deeply, evenly in a relaxed way, that's keeping us in that balance point, we're actually using our torso, our stomach, our diaphragm, our rib cage are all moving with the process of breathing. So they're moving out on the inhale and back in towards the midline on the exhale. So an easy place to find that lateral breath is to place palms like so around the lower ribs and actually think about breathing through the nose, thinking about expanding the space between the palms. So if I were to place both palms around my rib cage and I think about breathing out, that's that lateral component. So yes, the belly is going to expand as well, but also thinking about breathing out to the sides. And on the inhale, feeling that expansion. On the exhale, feeling that gentle drawing back in towards the midline. So with diaphragmatic and lateral breath, we're using our torso and the muscles responsible for deep breaths to our advantage to start to breathe really deeply and consciously. And I promise you that you can't be stressed for long if you're starting to breathe in this way. So three to five minutes of really placing your palms there, feeling that expansion and the palms help because you're consciously tapping into that expansion here. So you can be sure that you're using these muscles. That's going to definitely help relax you. Um, probably quicker again, right? It doesn't cost anything. It's just available to all of us to use whenever we need it. So. Yes, thank you for breaking down that too, because I think a lot of people don't know maybe the difference or maybe they do, but having a little bit of a deeper understanding of how it really can benefit when you are stressed out or no stress is coming, like you were saying that standing meeting or anything along those lines too. I think it's just being able to have something super tangible that you can do anywhere at any moment is massive. And I'm curious because I know like you have overcome so much stress and burnout in your your life and where it led you today. What are some other tips that you have maybe around overcoming stress or even chronic stress that you haven't mentioned yet? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think making 
your self-care goals as visible and as much of a priority as your work or your career goals. And this really shifted for me when I think about, you know, building my business and working with my coaches around my business. It's when I started to um, really make things like meditation, things like how many yoga classes I've done, how many, you know, times I've exercised in a week as visible to myself and even to others um, as you know, sales goals, you know, project goals, things like that, you know, whatever we're um, giving rise to in our work. It's knowing that if we're not taking care of ourselves, all of that is going to, at least on some level, going to not be optimal. And even if it's not that way yet, we can only go at that pace for so long. So if it hasn't happened to you, if you haven't reached that point, you know, that I had on my work trip, um, I'm not going to say that, you know, absolutely everyone is going to feel that, but it's just such a common thing that I see across people where we really ask a lot of ourselves and our body until we experience that sharp decline. So we want to prevent that from happening. We want to be setting ourselves up for success in what we do. And so for me, it's looking at my calendar on Sunday and I color code, which makes it really easy so that everything that is peacock blue is my self-care time. So those are my meditations, my um, yoga classes, my exercise time. And if I see that there's too little of that color for that week, I know that something has to shift. And something else here is during your busiest weeks, you definitely want to prioritize that time because typically we say, well, this is, you know, I have a virtual summit. I have, you know, I'm traveling somewhere for work. It's just not going to fit. Really try to fit it in there because I promise you getting back from that week or getting out of that time frame, you're going to feel so much better on that following weekend. You're not going to experience that complete depletion that I think we're all probably familiar with where all you can do is just veg out on the couch for two days, two whole days and just sleep and rest. So how can we start to make that more of a priority throughout those really busy times to give ourselves back that self-care that our body most needs on those types of days and weeks um, and really just overall making it really visible for yourself um, where that time is present. Yes, absolutely. And that's one thing, like I know I always say too, like prioritizing ourselves, like putting ourselves at the top of the priority list. And I love how you have it like color coded too, to really see those shifts and differences because I think we can say, okay, I wanna work out this amount of time and meditate this amount of time every week, but especially those busy weeks, I'm glad you pointed that out too, because it's that practice. The more we practice it, the more when stress is very high, we're able to count, combat that because we are having that in our daily routine, our weekly routine, and showing up for ourselves first and foremost. So we can do all the amazing work we're doing, just like yourself and teaching that to your clients. And you definitely practice what you preach. And I think that's the most important thing too, of really just taking care of ourselves from the inside out because we might not notice it right away, but give it a couple of weeks, a couple months, a year, two years, you're gonna see that and you will get to that burnout stage unless you do something about it, which I'm so glad you're bringing all of this up. <laughs> um, so I've been having so much fun with this conversation. I feel like I'm learning so much too, which is why I love this. Um, and I appreciate you sharing your journey and I would love to get into the rapid fire questions if you are ready for them. Yeah, awesome. sure. So the first question is who is your hero? 
Um, I would say my parents. I know it's so cheesy, but I'm actually an immigrant. So um, we moved to Chicago when I was 11. I'm from Eastern Europe. So um, that's amazing. I didn't know. Wait, where in Eastern Europe are you from? I'm from Ukraine. So we moved in 2002. Um, so Chicago is, I would say, my hometown. <laughs> Well, that's incredible, and I'm glad you guys are all safe, and I know everything that's going on in Ukraine right now, too. I just wanted to Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, and when it comes to working smarter, what motivates you to continue to work smarter? Oh, I love it. Um, I think just bringing these tools to more people, I think the more I'm able to create that and just get – tools like breathwork and mindfulness and all of the things that I shared with you, quality sleep in a more easy to understand and digestible way to more people. Mm -hmm. That's ultimately my goal um, with what I do. Again, like you mentioned from my bio, I was doing very well (laughs) in corporate and I chose to trade it for what I do now because I just find it so meaningful. Yes. And it is. And I think too, it's sometimes it's the hardest decision to leave something where it's so great, like financially or just the recognition, but doing what lights you up and motivates you to really change the world, essentially. Yeah. Um, so if you were to have a super um, power for being a superhero, what would be your power or powers? Oh my gosh. Um, probably to like travel across and, and just pop up in different places because I travel um, yeah. pretty much all the time. So if I could skip like the actual traveling part and just appear in different places, that would be awesome like and much more productive. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I, I want that one too. <laughs> it makes it so much easier, <laughs> especially because you do travel a lot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That would, that would be a great productivity hack. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> So if you could share a meal with any four individuals, living or dead, who would they be? So I love this question. I think I would do it with my like ancestors, like mm. thinking back, you know, I don't know, seven generations. That would be like the most fascinating thing possible for me that I could think of. Yeah, I'm just like thinking about that. I'm like, that would be really fascinating. Just like hearing the stories or just like what was going on at that time. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And maybe having like, since it's four people, like having one person from like, you know, a different century. Ooh, I like that. That that was deep. (laughs) That would be amazing. Um, What is the most daring thing you've ever done? I mean, I think what I do now, just traveling uh, without really necessarily so much of a home base. I think it's still kind of a foreign concept to a lot of people that you know, a lot of my former colleagues, for sure, a lot of my friends um, from back home. But um, yeah, this just feels very aligned right now. Um, I think the idea of like just being settled into one specific place is actually a little stress inducing for me. I really like the freedom to go um, wherever I'd like to. That's true. And there's not like, I think too, everyone has a different vibe about it. But I think when you're able to just pick up and go and really just follow your heart too, because there's no right way to do it. And I think it's so amazing what you are doing. And it is very daring. It can be scary for some, but I think it's just following that passion that's within you. Yeah. Um, 
And what is the phone app that you use the most? Um, other than the social media ones, which I use for work. <laughs> um, <laughs> I use my Aura app quite a bit. Um, so I have an Aura ring, um, which is a fitness tracker and sleep tracker. So I check that every morning and throughout the day. Um, throughout the night, it measures your sleep, how much you, um, uh, how much deep sleep, how much REM sleep you got, um, and a number of other factors. So that is usually how I kind of guide as much as I can, how I'm going to spend the days, depending on how quality sleep, how much sleep I got. Um, and then also just, it's fun to track activity for me. Um, I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, but it also measures our activity throughout the day. That's true. And then you can like check with your mood too. There's so many things that can come from just being able to track your sleep on that deep of a level too, because I know like I have like an Apple watch and it'll show me like how much I've slept or like if I woke up or at all at night, but I love that it like defines like REM sleep and other kinds of sleep too. Right? Yeah. It's so useful. It's possible. <laughs> Very neat. Um, what is the last book that you've read? So right now I'm reading Eastern Body, Western Mind. Um, it is uh, pretty traditionally used as a yoga book, um, thinking of it like in that context, but basically it describes different energy centers in the body and um, the time in our life that they're most um, like developing. So going from like a root all the way to, you know, the crown of our head, um, there's different times in our life when we're developing those different areas. Um, there's different things that are responsible for different parts of the body. So each one of our energy centers, even from the yoga tradition is responsible, is, is associated with our glands. Um, and I just love that combination of tying kind of the more esoteric, you know, Eastern traditions with Western scientific approaches. Um, so actually correlating it to different glands, different hormones, and thinking of it as such, like that's why we've had these esoteric spiritual representations for them. But the way that we now know the body works actually makes sense to correlate them to why that is. So um, yeah, I've been really enjoying that. It's a, it's a really long read, but um, it's really interesting. Yeah, no, you sparked my interest. I'm like, cool. I want to know more about this book. <laughs> I definitely need to check that one out. Um, thank you for sharing it. And yeah. so if you were to have a movie about your life thus far, who would play you? Um, I think, I don't know if this is cliche, Gabby Bernstein. Um, I follow yeah. her um, quite a bit and she's been someone I followed for quite a while. Um, I think I really resonate with her own journey with mindfulness tools and her, also, her own self-care that she talks about. Um, yeah, I just really resonate with her story. She's also someone who started in New York um, and was dealing with a lot of, you know, things related to stress and um, just a lot of career pressure. So, yeah. She's one of my favorites. <laughs> I'm glad. I love her. <laughs> Yeah, no, she's very inspirational too. Just everything yeah. that she has been through. And I could see mm. that. There's some similarities. <laughs> um, with that being said, what um, if you were to just think of a favorite, a favorite family recipe, something that maybe you guys make together or traditionally, either one, what is your favorite? Mm. 
That's a good one. Um, you know, being Eastern European, everything is like very potato based, but it's like my comfort food. So even just like, I don't know, baked potatoes, fried potatoes, um, not like French fries, but we do it differently. But um, I think it's like very nice to have our version of like a comfort food that isn't necessarily like chips or candy or something like that, like something actually hearty and fulfilling. Um, and yeah, I don't know, like baked potatoes and things like that are very grounding for me. <laughs> they are delicious. I will say that. It's like one of my favorites too. Um, but I'm glad you guys have that. And it sounds very delicious right now, actually. <laughs> yeah. um, with that being said, if you had to describe yourself as an animal, personality style, personality type, what would you be? What animal? It's so funny because um, I, I feel like I've had many different lifetimes that I've already lived. So there's a, in college, I was actually a bartender <laughs> for five years, which is so crazy because I consume very little alcohol at this point. And it's something that I actively work with people on um, is that alcohol reduction. But um, that was a question that I was asked in the interview to get that job. Um, and I think it's still the same. Um, Panda, because they just mm -hmm. are very warm and open and cuddly. And um, I really like to surround myself with a lot of friends and a lot of people. Um, so I don't know. That's, that's my association. <laughs> I love that. I love that you've been asked that before. <laughs> Uh, and I could totally see that. I think you're very open and warm as well. <laughs> um, so if one, if your day is just not going the way you want it to, what is something that instantly makes it better? I have a playlist that I use um, to get myself back in state. So this is something that I do before coaching calls, um, definitely before going to the gym, but also anytime that I'm feeling very low energy and like I need an extra boost. Um, and I share that with people. Music can be medicine in that way to us. It's just about finding what works for us. And thankfully, music is so versatile that we can all find what works. Um, but yeah, that's one of mine. Yes, I love that. Music is definitely very soothing or it has a very different diverse genres <laughs> as yeah. well. And with that being said, what is something like when you have a day off, you are not working, you have clients, how do you spend your day off? Like what's your favorite way? Yeah, I mean, I just love the luxury of taking as long as I need to in things like my yoga practice or even things like making a morning smoothie or a morning cup of, you know, decaf coffee. Um, just the luxury of time, I think, is so nice because we're usually so rushed. So I just like to do the normal things that I would try to fit into a day like meditation and yoga and things like that but I just do them a lot more slowly and mindfully and so um yeah I, I think it's really nice to be able to do the things that I like doing throughout the day with the fact that I can make my own schedule um but yeah sometimes it's still something that we're pressed for time so just doing them slowly and mindfully yes yeah no it just allows you to be more present in that moment and just really practice what you're preaching, but being able yeah. to do that on your time too. I think that's important. Mm. And so my final question for the rapid fire questions is what is something an outsider wouldn't know about your industry? 
Hmm. Wow. Um, I think like what I have as a goal is really simplifying it. And, you know, what comes up is that there's so many different ways to achieve wellness. Like there's so many different ways to achieve stress relief and weight loss and all of these different things that we think are really complicated because there's such a variety in each one of them. There's so many different exercises. There's so many different, you know, just ways that we can fill a day. Um, I love simplifying that because I think different things, like it's not just one thing. And if I think across coaches, across, you know, just wellness industry, if someone tells you that there's only one way to achieve a certain result, I would be really, you know, hesitant and suspicious of that because um, different people thrive on different inputs. I think our heritage has a lot to do with it, our lifestyle, um, our genes to an extent, um, and just our biochemistry is so different person to person, different nationalities, different, you know, even, I don't know, time zones. Um, so just doing what feels good for you and experimenting until you find that. Um, and with that, if you've ever tried meditation and you really feel like it's not for you, that's okay. Maybe it's not. Maybe you can try something else. Mindful movement, Tai Chi, breath work, adult coloring books, all different ways to achieve the same results of more mindfulness. So I think if you've ever felt you know, overwhelmed with the variety that exists in whatever it might be, a certain pillar of wellness or in wellness overall, um, just experimenting, allowing yourself to find something that really resonates with you and just doubling down on that. It doesn't matter what your partner or your sister does. You know, it doesn't matter what your best friend does that they swear by because we all have those different things. Um, so just, you know, tapping in with what feels good to you and, and finding something, you know, if you don't have that yet, um, giving yourself the freedom to experiment and to find it. Uh, yes no you're absolutely right I think too just everything you said it's not one size fits all and that's what I'm hearing as well just everybody's so yeah. different and just tuning into you and what feels right for you um I've been having so much fun with this conversation but before I let you go my final final question I promise <laughs> is where can people find you hire you everything will be linked below but if you could let us know as well yeah, so on Instagram is where I'm most active right now. So that's some of all positive. It's S-U-M of all positive altogether. Um, it's also, um, you can find me on LinkedIn, so Marina Couric. Um, I think I shared that link as well. And um, yeah, I think starting with Instagram, I'm very active there. If you want to send me a message um, and just, you know, reach out that way. Um, my email is also marina at someofallpositive.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Marina, for joining us today and just sharing your journey, sharing all the wisdom and tips and everything else that you did today. We so appreciate it. We're so glad that you were able to come and thank you for your time today. Thank you, Caroline. This was so fun. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. And we will see you on the next video.